What is up, what is up, what is up? Welcome to the Mitch Davis Show. December 18th, a week from Christmas. It's Conference College Football Championship Week, baby. Man, what an exciting time. It's a celebration time because we have finally reached the end of the 2020 college football season. Plenty to celebrate, plenty to talk about. I'm going to be joined by Brent Beard. College football analyst for First Coast News, Heisman voter out of Jacksonville, Florida. He joins the show to preview the SEC championship matchup between the Florida Gators and the Alabama Crimson Tide. We also talk Clemson and Notre Dame, talk college football playoffs, talk about the Buckeyes, USC, talk about everything in between. I'm your host, Mitch Davis. Be sure you follow me on Twitter, Mitch Davis underscore eight. Or also at the Mitch Davis Show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Type in the Mitch Davis Show, and you can find us anywhere. Also, head on over to the website by simply typing in themitchdavisshow.com for just exclusive, awesome college football content all week long. We've got several previews up from the conference championships, SEC, Conference USA, American Athletic, everything in between. You can find there at themitchdavisshow.com. I'm your host, Mitch Davis. I hope you enjoy this interview with Mr. Brent Beard. I tell you what, this is one of the best interviews and the best guys in the business to talk college football with. A lot of information to unpack as we get ready for the conference championship Saturday and Friday night in the world of college football. I am joined now by a college football analyst for the First Coast News, Heisman voter, a regular on the podcast, Mr. Brent Beard. How are you doing today? Well, I'm doing well. I'm excited um, about uh, all that's coming up this weekend and uh, certainly celebrating all that we have gone through uh, just to be able to get to this point. Uh, and and I, I hope people understand that and realize that. You know, let's talk about that first because this year, you know, you and I talked about it before the SEC kicked off. There was a lot of uncertainty. There was a lot of, oh, should we play? Talk about the success rate of this college football season. Well, the greatest thing is to be able to get to this point. I, I mean, for one, what Greg Sankey and the SEC has done has been really amazing. Uh, to frankly have had as few games canceled as they have, Texas A&M and Ole Miss, Georgia, Vanderbilt, among those, uh, which Georgia could have played. Vandy, unfortunately, basically opted out twice. But, uh, I mean, the, the main thing is not to concentrate on that, but concentrate on all the ones that we've been able to get in, uh, which is so important. Um, now, obviously, we will have bowl games. That will be starting soon, or, or at least you know, we'll have some of them. The playoffs are more important, so uh, we'll know about that uh, within the next few days. Uh, but the SEC and the ACC and the Big 12 really did a really good job in managing this in the beginning. The uh, more problematic ones, obviously, were the ones that started later in the the Pac-12 and the Big Ten, um, the reality is the Big Ten, the, the presidents there set them 
set up the athletic directors and the coaches for failure is what they did uh, by, by starting late, by having lim- limited amount of games, by having this 21-day quarantine, um, by uh, not having any weeks off. They, they, they bungled this uh, as a conference about as poorly as anybody could possibly do it. But at the same time, hopefully we have all learned from this and that this will be the, uh, the, the last year that we deal with anything like this. So I'm going to ask you this question because you talked about the Big Ten, you talked about the Pac-12. There's two certain teams that people are starting to talk about for the college football playoff, Ohio State and USC. Are you in the mindset of, hey, they haven't played the same amount of games, let's say a Clemson or a Texas A&M or even Cincinnati? Um, talk about that. Do they deserve that playoff spot? Well, I, I, whether they do or not, it, it, it's in the hands of the committee to do that, and frankly, I think if Ohio State wins, uh, that they're in. Uh, I, I just think there's more involved here than uh, the, the number of games that you play. I think what Ohio State would bring is the brand. Ohio State would bring the, uh, uh, the, the number of televisions in that market, which is just significant. Uh, and But I also get the fact that people don't like it and that there are a lot of people who think that they, uh, because of their arrogance and starting late uh, the way they did, that they don't deserve to be uh, in there because they haven't played enough games. So I, I, I get that too without any problem. I, I, I think the committee would uh, certainly look upon uh, Ohio State between the two that you just mentioned. I, I they just don't have the, the the committee, and I think you can tell this now. That they just don't have the same feeling about USC at this point, do they? No. And, and and that's the thing that I've struggled with, and a lot of people have struggled with is why even you know we saw ESPN put out a thing that had they you know I think forty five percent USC can make the playoffs, and which was crazy to me. Uh, talk about Cincinnati. Does Cincinnati have an outside shot? at being that group of five representative in the college football playoff this year? No, no, no. And I don't like it, but they don't. And we just have to be honest about that. In this current system, the, non, the, the non-group of five really does not have a shot at being in here. They, they just don't. I don't like it. I don't agree with it at all. We've got to expand this to eight. And if we did that, I think we would get a non-power five uh, at eight, maybe even seven. Uh, but this, the way the way it's set up now, it's just not going to work. I, I was on the mock committee, and uh, a, a few years ago in 2018, and I could see them through the committee that there was not much love at all for the non-Power Five. There just really wasn't, there just really was a lot of respect in the room for them, which is very unfortunate, but that's, uh, but, but that's where we are. And frankly, thinking outside the box, and, and, and we're beginning to hear a little bit more of this, the non-Power Five really have got to make a decision that they're tired of this. Uh, and they're tired of being at the table and getting scraps 
it will, I, I know the argument between uh, Cincinnati and Ohio State, but um, what the non-Power Five really needs to do is if they're not going to be involved when the playoff is expanded in a few years, that they really need to start make, having some talks now about having their own playoffs and have their own television contract. And I've even heard, I know, that, I know this is radical for some people, this worth looking at uh, is even playing in the spring uh, when they would have a lot of the attention. I tell you what, if they played in the spring, um, I, I can tell you a lot of people, a lot of people would, would watch that. Yeah. So, but to circle back to your question, um, uh, that, that, that's basically where, and you can tell, uh, I, I think very easily, um, particularly when you've got a two-loss Iowa State team that's up where it is, and then you've got an undefeated Cincinnati team. I, I think that really tells you what the committee feels about the non-fire fives. Now, jumping ship a little bit, we've got two major conference championship games in your neck of the woods. We've got Florida-Alabama meeting in the SEC championship at Notre Dame-Clemson. Let's talk about that ACC championship game first. What do you expect out of that ACC championship game? Well, I, I think it will be a, a really good game as it was before. Um, but I think the thing we've also got here – and we can't ignore it, is simply the number of, uh, of players that are back for Clemson that we did not have before. I mean, Trevor Lawrence being chief among them um, at that point, too. Um, uh, and I think what's important would be uh, also how many uh, of the uh, – uh, the other defensive players, Tyler Davis, Mike Jones, defensive tackle and linebacker, Andrew Booth, um, uh, who is um, uh, who is there too, uh, that, that wasn't able to play. Uh, that, that's going to be very important for Clemson, having those guys back. But again, Notre Dame is in a wonderful position, are they not? Yeah. Win or lose, they're going to the playoffs. Uh, that because they're undefeated, uh, if, if they lose, they get beat by a top five Clemson team. So, frankly, they're not going anywhere. And, and if, if Mama wins, Notre Dame would just simply stay in that uh, that second place uh, playoff spot is what it amounts to. Now, if Clemson loses, does that open that door up for Texas A&M to make the college football playoffs this year? Maybe. A&M needs to be really impressive against Tennessee uh, in their game. But, but again, uh, and this is unfortunate, uh, but, I mean, how much cachet are they going to get uh, from beating Tennessee also? But it would help them for the eye test uh, to, to be with that. I, I watched with uh, interest on Tuesday night uh, when, as it, it, with the discussion <laughs> and, and look, if you were an A&M fan, uh, you would almost have to be furious about that because uh, here's A&M at five, and, and basically the panel ignored them. Yeah. Um, I think Dave Pollock finally mentioned something about them uh, at, at some point. Um, but, uh, but, but, yeah, I would say yes, uh, that there certainly would be that chance. Now, again, 
one if Iowa State was to run up the score on Oklahoma, would that jettison them above A&M uh, because they would be at that point um, conference champions. So there are a lot of questions to be uh, answered with this, uh, but A&M deserves a shot at it, frankly, uh, with their only loss, and they've got as uh, that they really have as good an argument as anybody um, to. Um, so, but uh, but yes, if Notre Dame, I mean, logically you would think if Notre Dame wins and beats Clemson twice, that that would eliminate Clemson because we haven't had two lost team in the uh, in the playoffs. That day probably is coming, but uh, so um, there's a lot of ifs in that, but but. Uh, and I think, but, but at least A and M has positioned themselves at, to where if they win and there's fallout, that they that, that they can absolutely be uh, heavily in that discussion on Saturday night, Sunday morning. I was going to ask you about Florida because Dan Mullen made an interesting comment yesterday, almost billboard material for Alabama where he said, you know, if, when we beat Alabama, we'll talk about playoffs. Is Florida out of this thing, or are they still somehow, some way in the pecking order for the playoffs? I was amazed they stayed at seven. Uh, when they stayed at seven, that they, that they going down any further. Yeah. Uh, the, the, uh, uh, it, it would be hard. I, I mean, it, it, you, would, you would really need, uh, I think, to have – in the minds of the committee, a loss with A&M and a loss with Iowa State uh, in order to make that uh, to go further. Look, the truth of the matter is Florida ought to be undefeated. Uh, They should have beat A&M if they had to fumble late in the game and took them all out of Kyle Trask hands. And then obviously they had the debacle last week um, against uh, what was basically a, a junior varsity LSU team uh, that Florida took lightly and because they probably practiced for Alabama the entire week. Um, so uh, I, 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 even even a Florida win and to become SEC champions, and I know the SEC champion has never, has never been left out, but I, I I just think in the minds of the committee, you would probably have to have um, uh, several losses above them uh, with A&M, uh, Iowa State, and then, of course, Clemson for that to happen. Uh, but, but again, even a, uh, even, a two, even if Florida won, even if Clemson lost, but my question would be, would Clemson still be ahead uh, Florida in the final standings. Yeah, which is a which is an interesting point you bring up. Now jumping over to the big game of the weekend, Alabama Florida. How do you see this one panning out? Florida uh, coming in and Kyle Trask is looking to win the Heisman, but you've also got two guys at Alabama who are doing the same. Uh, talk about this matchup and what you see out of this matchup. Well, it's a, it's an extremely uh, big game uh, for the conference and. Florida beat LSU, it would have been a gargantuan game, uh, frankly. But, I mean, these are two of the best offenses in the nation. Um, The game will go, um, no doubt, a long way probably in determining the um, uh, 
the Heisman vote and where that's going. I think he's for Florida. They've got to communicate better on defense. They've got to get lined up. Emma McPherson, who has been uncharacteristically um, uh, in his performance, he's missed four kicks this year in his first two seasons. He only missed four. Um, The running backs are struggling to run the ball, but they're very good receivers. Uh, And we remember the wheel route against Georgia. Uh, Florida leads the SEC in sacks, but Bama's second, so can they get pressure on Mac Jones? And conversely, can they protect uh, Cop Trask, particularly that right side of the Gator offensive line, which has really struggled this year uh, also? And I do think uh, a key for this game, either team, is going to be uh, um, who gets out early. Uh, in the game. I mean, if you get, um, in other words, for Alabama, and you could say the same for the Gators, but uh, let's say Florida gets the ball, they score, Bama three and out, Florida gets the ball back, they get and they get a field goal or a touchdown. Well, for a lot of the game, if that happens, Bama's chasing points. Yeah. So um, it, uh, Kyle Pitts coming back will be huge. He will get his yards. Um, but can Bama limit Kadaris, Tony, Grimes, and Shorter, for instance, uh, in the game two? Uh, Najee Harris will be huge in the game. Um, he's running behind arguably the best offensive line in the nation. Uh, now, I, I think Bama wins, but I also think that Florida pays very well. Uh, I, I think, again, mentally, they were already in Atlanta uh, when they lined up against LSU. So with that said, um, I, I think they are capable, particularly if they get in a rhythm, of taking this game to uh, um, the, the, even in the fourth quarter. Now, will Alabama win comfortably at the end? I think they probably will. Uh, but at the same time, um, I, I really do think that Florida will play one of its better games than you. I got one more question for you. It's going to be a two-parter. Who who gets hired at Auburn? Uh, and also, is Jeremy Pruitt safe at the University of Tennessee? Uh, going into reverse, uh, yes. I think Pruitt is safe. He'll get another year. I've heard that from Tennessee beat writers. Uh, Auburn is much more complicated as it usually is uh, with Auburn. Um, I, I think Kevin Steele ends up with that job, uh, their defensive coordinator. Um, it, because you had a, it, a lot of there are a couple things going on you've got several coaches uh, who've been mentioned Lane Kiffin um, uh, for, for one um, uh, you, you've also got others who are basically their agent is getting them uh, like Mario Cristobal he, he basically got a raise and extension out of it that's uh, so what you've got that going on the real problem at Auburn is that they've got so much internal problems um, among uh, their trustees and among their uh, big money boosters that it's causing them a lot of difficulty with this. What Auburn really needs to do in this situation is just go out and find them a good football coach instead of trying to find someone who they perceive will come in uh, and uh, make Nick Saban nervous. 
uh, and that that's been their problem in the past uh, is if they would get past that and, and just kind of accept where they are uh, and be able to just get a good football coach who can build a program and lead them like a Billy Napier or a Bill Clark at UAB and Napier at Louisiana, they would be far better off uh, than trying to, to, to find uh, uh, some one-trick pony somewhere uh, that would give uh, Alabama problems. So that that is what continues to uh, um, lengthen this is their internal strife. Um, but I think before it's over, what's probably going to happen here is they are going to uh, just go with Steele as a compromised candidate and hope for the best. He is Brent Beard. Tell them where they can follow you on Twitter. Uh, at Brent Beard, B-E-A-I-R-D. We have all the vowels. <laughs> uh, and uh, certainly First Coast News uh, here in Jacksonville. Uh, a lot of that is YouTubed. Um, and uh, also looking forward to uh, voting on the Heisman Trophy this weekend. Our votes are due on Monday at uh, 5 o'clock. Uh, and uh, I don't, I tell you, Mitch, I, I, I don't remember, a, I'm sure we've had them a year where we've gone into the weekend with so many different possibilities from Kyle Trask to the variety of Alabama players to Trevor Lawrence. Uh, and look, if Notre Dame performed well against Clemson and Ian Book had another really good game, could Ian Book get in this thing? So that there are a lot of questions that beg to be answered uh, this weekend. And I tell you what, and before we get off here, you were one of the best college football analysts out there, if not the best. And I always enjoy listening to you on Sports 56. So tell my audience when they can listen to you on Sports 56 out of Memphis. Yeah, uh, on uh, Tuesday at 5 o'clock Eastern uh, for Central, really enjoy uh, being on with Brent and Dave, I've always uh, done that segment with them for years, uh, and that's always been a lot of fun. So uh, appreciate being on with you and, and the podcast and the good job that you do with that. And uh, uh, it's going to be a, a, a great weekend celebrating the fact that we have reached the end and looking forward to some good football, too. I tell you what, I can't wait to have you back on for the college football playoff preview as well. Thank you so much. Hey. You have been listening to the Mitch Davis Show. I've been your host, Mitch Davis. Be sure you follow the social media accounts, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Mitch Davis Show. Also on Twitter at Mitch Davis underscore eight. Very, very special thank you for Brent Beard for coming on the podcast today to talk all things college football. I know you enjoyed it, man. I tell you what, a lot of information to unpack and get ready for as we inch closer to this conference championship weekend. I tell you what, folks, we have finally made it, and it is a time to celebrate. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the football, and enjoy the celebration that is that is going to happen this weekend for a successful, awesome, heart-stopping, amazing college football season that we have had. Been so lucky 
with everything, the COVID virus and everything going on. We have been so lucky to reach this point into the college football season. I'm your host, Mitch Davis. I hope you and your family have a great and happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, and everything in between. Until next time, have have a good one. Stay safe, and let's get through this and celebrate the awesomeness of this college football season.